Welcome to Suspending the Rules, Bloomberg Government's weekly look at what's happening in Congress. Partial government shutdown has now entered its fourth week and become the longest shutdown ever. Democrats and even some Republicans are pushing the Senate to take up spending bills to reopen closed agencies, and President Donald Trump has discussed an emergency declaration to divert funding from other places to build a wall on the southern border. From Bloomberg Government, this is Suspending the Rules. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Danielle Parnas. After passing a six-bill spending package based on bipartisan Senate measures from the last Congress, the House has started to pass those bills individually. However, the President opposes them and they won't be taken up in the Senate. Bloomberg Government subscribers can find find our in-depth coverage, including breaking news and analysis of each of those bills at BGov.com. The ongoing shutdown is sucking all the oxygen out of the room, and today's episode will focus entirely on what's happening, or not, in the spending fight. BGov budget and appropriations reporter Jack Fitzpatrick is back with us to help us break down the state of play. Welcome back. Thanks. I feel like I'm just going to keep doing this all year long. It's starting to feel that way, yeah. The president has been mulling whether to declare a national emergency that might let him move funds around to facilitate wall construction. What's happening there? So the conversation about a national emergency has is started up basically as a backstop for the president. If nothing happens in Congress, if they can't come to an agreement to fund the government and, and really don't agree on anything on border security, the National Emergencies Act would allow the president to direct the Secretary of Defense to find unobligated unob- money that he can use for, you know, he's got a, a wide latitude. He can use it for national emergencies. Usually those national emergencies agencies refer to blocking financial transactions internationally. They've blocked transactions with the Taliban, that kind of thing. It's generally not a huge infrastructure project domestically, so that's going to be the subject of a, a legal argument. But the backstop for Trump is if he has billions of dollars of defense money that he technically can use without congressional approval, then that could be his possible solution, although that's maybe legally dubious. Let's talk about the legal argument just for a second. The president has said he has absolute authority to declare an emergency and move funds around, but Democrats have threatened to challenge any move like that in court. What's their argument? Their argument really is that he's going to have to justify whatever it takes to build a wall. It's, it's going to take years to spend the amount of money that he wants. He asked for $5.7 billion. Frame of reference, last year they gave him $1.6 billion for fencing. They gave him five years to spend it. It's taken about a year just to obligate the money and they haven't actually spent the money. The National Emergencies Act says once the emergency is over, you can't keep spending this money without congressional approval. So what's he going to do? That's the question. Is he going to declare an emergency that lasts for five years? How much of the wall does he think he can build build without congressional approval? He's going to have to make that justification. And if he really overshoots it and isn't doing something very short term that's clearly justifiable, then clearly his opponents would have a, a strong stronger argument in court. This really is based on, you know, what does he think he can do? What's his proposal? And then the Democrats really will react to that. It sounds like the White House is also looking at other sources of funding. There's been talk of asset seizure funds from the Justice Department. If either of those things happen and Trump says he 
has gotten what he wants from the standoff. Is that opening a door to potentially then reopening the government? That's what I've been asking about. You know, does the national emergency declaration end the shutdown? Does one of the one of the other options where he says he can transfer money from another agency, does that end the shutdown? Nobody knows for sure. The expectation among lawmakers that I've talked to is if he's going to declare a national emergency, he'll probably agree to open the government. But Trump hasn't said that. And there are some lawmakers who are concerned that this wouldn't actually be a solution. And there's going to be legal debates over all of this. There, there'd mm-hmm. probably be a delay in the courts over a national emergency. For some of these other options, if you're transferring funds from another department, you really need congressional approval for anything significant. So the fight is not going to end with one of those options. There, There is a question as to whether he agrees to a CR or a funding bill if he thinks that an emergency or something like that is the solution. Talks between Democrats and the president broke down last week somewhat publicly after Trump walked out of a meeting with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. Putting the emergency funding debate aside, is there any common ground where there could be agreement between Democrats and the White House, which is what seems to be where where this could be solved? You know, I could imagine common ground in the broader border security debate. But at this point, based on what I've heard from lawmakers, I, I really would be imagining it. They don't have common ground in what they've actually talked about. Trump is sticking to $5.7 billion for the border wall. We really haven't heard anything out of the White House, from him at least, saying he's willing to compromise on that. Mike Pence has made some offers for lower figures. But keep in mind, Democrats have made a moral argument against the border wall. So that's not something you compromise on. Their, their uh, standing point is, we're not going to give any money for a border wall. We support border security. There are things that maybe they'd offer more money for CBP agents, that kind of thing. But considering Trump still is saying, I want a wall, there's no common ground there at all. There's also been some talk, and this came up last year as well, about a broader deal on immigration. But it sounds like with what you were just saying, if no one wants to give in on the wall, it doesn't necessarily matter what else you try to it with. Yeah, there were some Republican senators, sort of more moderate Republican senators in particular last week who came at this, I think, very sincerely trying to get a bunch of people together for a broader immigration deal, probably would include DACA, probably a, a lot of the things that they've been talking about over the last year. But they found out probably within 24 hours that really is not going to bring people together because even if you agree on DACA, even if you agree on asylum claims, The president and Democratic leadership have no common ground on the core issue, which is the border wall and border barriers. So there was about a day, maybe a day and a half of meetings last week when some Republican moderates were trying to make something happen. And it it got shot down by Mike Pence, who said this is not the time for a DACA discussion. So that may come later, but it's not going to end the shutdown. That is going to end this segment, though. We'll be right back with a look at how the shutdown is playing out in the Senate. While House Democrats are pushing different configurations of spending bills and the president is making his case for a border wall, the Senate is mostly standing still at the moment. Jack Fitzpatrick has stuck around for this segment. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been trying to proceed to a bill, S-1, that would boost assistance for Israel and Jordan while expanding sanctions on Syria, which we talked about in last week's episode. Democrats, however, banded together to block the Senate from proceeding. Jack, what's going on there? The argument from Chuck Schumer is that they really shouldn't be focused 
focusing on moving on to other unrelated legislation during a shutdown. This is all part of an effort from Democrats to keep the pressure on Mitch McConnell, really, in addition to Donald Trump, saying that this is an urgent need to end the shutdown. They shouldn't even be talking about the details of border security until there's at least a CR in place. And this really was an easy one for Democrats to band together on. They, they did bring up uh, a measure offering back pay for federal workers. That's relevant to the shutdown. And that actually it, got through the entire Senate and the House. It's awaiting right. the president's signature. Right. So they'll move things that are related to the shutdown and trying to ameliorate the effects of the shutdown. But if they keep moving on with normal business, then I think Democrats feel like they're they're kind of taking their foot off the pedal, taking pressure off of the Republicans, and that's not something they want to do. Would that apply as well to a big public lands package that was negotiated? It sounds like McConnell may be trying to tee it up for consideration later this week or, or early next week, I assume, that the Democrats would probably block that as well. That's, I think, a safe assumption. Uh, the Democrats have been a little quiet on that. That's something that got caught up with spending negotiations, where a lot of Western lawmakers wanted to tie that to a spending bill and get that passed, and that fell through. They were told that Republican leadership in the Senate would try to make that the first vote of the 116th Congress. But again, it's a little tough to tie other issues to a potential spending deal. That's why the DACA thing didn't work out. That's why the public lands package didn't end up riding on this when they were trying to pass something at the end of the year last year. So it's it's not exactly a safe bet to expect that to come up soon when there's a, a long-standing shutdown. The spending bills that the House is passing this month are largely identical to what the Senate did last year before the president said he wouldn't sign anything uh, without funding for the wall. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has backed the president saying he won't allow a vote on anything that wouldn't be signed into law, but is there any sign he could relent as this goes on? There's no sign he could relent, and I think there's an important point to make here that these actually aren't even the bills that lawmakers expected to become law. The House Democrats are taking up these Senate Republican bills, I I think really to prove a point about Mitch McConnell blocking consideration of bills he even supported. He's on the Appropriations Committee, and some of these got through unanimously in order to stand by Trump during the shutdown. But keep in mind, the House and Senate appropriators conferenced on final bills, and at least for some of the easier ones, like Transportation HUD, there is a final bill out there that they basically have on a shelf. We haven't seen the details of it, but Mario Diaz-Balart, who was chairman, now ranking member of the House Appropriations T-HUD subcommittee, has said there's a bill that they negotiated already that they all agree is better than the House or Senate bill is really the final one meant to go into law, and Democrats didn't bring that up. Right now where we are is Democrats making a a political point about Republicans opposing their own bills, virtually identical, as a means of standing by the president. That's probably more of a political statement than a real effort to pass these into law. So we've seen some Republicans in the Senate break ranks and and call for reopening the government. If enough Republican senators defect, could Democrats force a vote in the Senate, even over Mitch McConnell's objection? That's always been sort of plan B for ending the shutdown, probably the less likely scenario. If there's no deal, eventually, if it goes on and on and lawmakers are really feeling the pressure, there's always been the question, could they get to a veto-proof majority, two-thirds in each chamber? That's part of what House Democrats are trying to do with these 
these votes on individual bills, trying to see how many Republicans they can pick up. Highest number they got on any vote last week was 12 Republicans, so they're really not close. You have heard some Republican moderate senators bring this up and say, you know, we should open the government, but it's not enough to override a veto. Even when you have Richard Shelby, the chairman of the Appropriations Committee, who has always argued against the the use of a shutdown, he's saying it's not going to get to that point. The vast majority of the Republican conference is going to stand strong here and it's going to last indefinitely. Some Senate Republicans, while stopping short of siding with Democrats, have been calling for more constructive ideas, as Alaska Republican Lisa Murkowski has said, to reopen the government. Do we have any details on what those might be? We don't have details on what those senators are pushing for other than the failed attempt for sort of a broader immigration proposal. Keep in mind, Lisa Murkowski uh, chairs the Interior Environment Subcommittee on Appropriations. So of course she wants there to be consideration of the bill that she negotiated. And of course that's unrelated to the border wall issue. You're probably gonna hear that from appropriators. You've heard that kind of thing from Susan Collins who is negotiating the transportation HUD bill. They see no good reason to hold up these bills and continue a shutdown that has nothing to do with the border wall on for those agencies. But there's not some specific plan to, to bring people together. I think that's sort of wishful thinking from senators who are starting to feel the pressure, who would like to see Democratic leadership and the White House find some common ground. But I don't think that makes it any more likely that they actually do agree on anything. That's it for this week's episode of Suspending the Rules. Thanks to Jack Fitzpatrick for joining us on this snowy day. Thanks, guys. Be sure to check out our special episode with an exclusive interview with House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Chairman Peter DeFazio, which came out on the feed last week. We'll have another special episode with his Republican counterpart, Sam Graves, very soon. And we'll be back next week with another regular edition of the show. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Suspending the Rules. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Find out more about the topics we discussed today and a whole lot more from Bloomberg government at about.bgov.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at bgov. The legislative analyst team is Sarah Babbage, Noreen Chowdhury, Daniel Parnas, Michael Smallberg, and me, Adam Taylor. Our editor is Adam Shank. Nico Anzalata is our sound engineer. Our theme music is Home Organ by Zach Nasita. More information can be found at premiumbeat.com.